Hey there, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast, where we're all about equipping ministry leaders and building caring communities. I am thrilled that you're here. Caring for those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it also grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn tools and strategies and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. I am so excited to start this journey with you. This is episode one of the Care Ministry Podcast. And I'm starting this podcast to provide some insanely practical resources for churches so that they're able to support their congregations and their community and see lives transformed. In this first episode, you're going to hear more about why I feel that care ministry is so incredibly important. And you're going to hear that through my story of my journey and experiences. And then I'm going to share a little bit about what to expect in future episodes. But before I jump in, I want to first tell you about a free download. I'm offering the guide Three Steps to Building a Sustainable Care Ministry. And you can grab this in the show notes or you can go to hopemadestrong.org slash care ministry. Okay, so for those of you who don't know who I am and what I'm all about, let me share a little bit about a little bit about my story. Growing up, I've always had a passion to make a difference or to help people see their lives transformed. And I don't think my 17-year-old brain knew how that was going to turn out. But going to university was a great excuse of getting out of my small Ontario town. And the program social work seemed to fit the bill. So I graduated uh, from the Carleton University in Ottawa with a social work degree, started a career in a community mental health organization. And then fast forward about a decade or so later, I was still working in the same organization, had a husband, two young kids and I was passionate and really loved my job in attending a local church here in town. But I would often find myself frustrated at work and at church because I felt like I was caught in the middle. There was always this tension. At work, I would feel frustrated because I wasn't able to tell people about Jesus. It was a secular organization and I just wasn't able to share Christ with them and the salvation Christ. We could talk about spirituality and we can talk about, you know, the principles within the Bible, but I had to use different language. And then in church, I had similar frustrations, but it was actually flipped where we were able to share about Christ and his hope, salvation, grace, and love. But I'm going to be honest, we weren't the greatest at offering resources, having any sort of strategy or utilizing tools to be able to see people's lives transformed. And just because people were believers, it doesn't mean that they weren't still struggling in their personal life. And so there was this always this tension that I had and frustration when I was at work and tension and frustration when I was at church. So fast forward a couple years later, in about the 11th or 12th year of my career, I had a large number of clients who were experiencing, who had experienced trauma in their life. These clients were victims of war, lifelong abuse, you know, some were even refugees. And I found myself experiencing some acute compassion fatigue symptoms. And and we're going to be talking more about compassion fatigue on future episodes. But I was found myself caregiving at home with young children, caregiving at work with 
those who are victims of trauma, and then always having this underlying tension through following me through, from work and to church. And some of you can relate to me and can relate to this, that I can teach others about self-care, boundaries, work-life balance, resilience. I was even on trauma-informed committees, but in the quiet moments in my day-to-day life, I still struggled. And I found myself broken, needing restoration from compassion fatigue. And I was able to find this. I had an exceptionally supportive uh, supervisor. I had benefits. So, you know, I sought out counseling, took two months off of work um, and was able to just, okay, God, surrender. I've, you know, I tried to push my career forward. I've tried to do this out of my own strength. But Lord, obviously that is not enough. I need you. And at the end of it, I... I found myself seeing, well, at the end of my recovery, when I was returning to work and I was feeling better and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to hold my career. I'm going to hold my my life and the direction of my life lightly. I'm not going to try to control it as much as I may have wanted to. So God, where are you taking this? And I started to notice around me, whether it was at work or my neighborhood or, you know, friends and, and especially at church that others were feeling similar things. They would say the same things or I would notice the same symptoms that I was experiencing in burnout and compassion fatigue that they were. And I especially saw this at church, whether it was in volunteer teams, the staff, or the leadership. I saw that they were struggling and they were weary and they were worn out. And God really started speaking to my heart about this and that they didn't, ministry leaders often don't have the resources that I had. I had a supervisor that I could debrief with. I had sick time that I could go off for two months. I had benefits that I was able to seek out high quality counseling within days of me going off of work. I had, um, family members that were, you know, available and able to help pick up some of the, the, you know, within the day to day stuff. And I had all of these structures or supports in place that many, many ministry leaders and those who are volunteers don't have. And this is where Hope Made Strong was birthed. It really was birthed out of the desire to equip and to train and to support ministry leaders in in, in their well-being so that they're able to care for other people well. Because let's be honest, if you're not able to, as a leader and as a caregiver, if you are not being cared for, then it is very, very hard to care for others. I truly believe that churches are on the front lines of supporting people through suffering and challenges. Every day, there are people coming in and out of our churches that are struggling with addictions and mental health, grief, loss in their life, whether that's physical health challenges or stress. It really doesn't matter. But there's so many people who are struggling and suffering with life challenges and ministry leaders are the first responders to the members of its congregation, um, to the members of its church. And often the surrounding community looks to ministry leaders for support, but it doesn't always have the resources to to build themselves up, to guard themselves or to support themselves from things like burnout, compassion fatigue, feeling weary. I've heard many, many times that people say that, you know, Bible college or theology or school doesn't equip pastors 
or or leaders with the tools and the resources and the knowledge to support people out of the who are going through some tremendous suffering. So out of this passion for the local church to be a place of hope and healing and grace, this is where Hope Made Strong really came from. And I do this in a few ways. I I offer coaching and consulting to churches who are building or or maybe revamping their care ministry, and I support them in developing a sustainable care ministry and we start with restoring and strengthening leaders. I have a few online courses. One, they're both self, there's a couple there, but they're self-guided and and one of them offers hope in overcoming compassion fatigue and the other um, offers skills training for lay caregivers in your church. And then I also host the Church Mental Health Summit and that really is a fun, that's a fun project that I have and it's about resourcing and curating speakers and industry leaders about equipping the church, building capacity, growing awareness, and really offering hope for churches and tools and resources about how to care for their community and how to care for their congregations. And I do this because I believe that how the church responds to people facing challenges can change the community. If a church is is supporting their community, is available, and has the capacity to support individuals in their community, then those individuals are going to go out and, 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 and radically change their households and their neighborhoods. I want to help ministry leaders develop these school skills and tools. I want to offer resources and strategies to help them support their communities. I think it's foolish to strive to serve others without considering the well-being of the caregiver. So that's why I always start with the caregiver or the ministry leader. And this podcast will address both the needs of the ministry leader or those who are offering care within your church, as well as skills, tools, and strategies to serve and support your community. We're going to be talking about burnout, compassion fatigue, stress management, leadership skills, and resources and strategies. These are key to, are key to leading and caring for others. I truly believe that if we care for the caregiver, learn skills and strategies to meet the needs of the church and the community, the kingdom of God will grow. Your church will grow because lives are being changed through the care and support of God's people. This reminds me of the story in Mark 1, where Jesus healed the leper and told the leper to go present himself to the priest and tell no one else what he did. Well, that man's life was so transformed that he couldn't help but share and tell other people. In, in I think it's the English Standard Version, it says he, taught, he spoke freely about it. When people's lives are transformed and changed, they can't help but share with people of who Christ is and the transformation that they received or the transformation that they went through, through the support and care of your church. They just can't help talk about it. The hope and grace and love of Jesus is felt on a personal level when people see the church as a place that is safe and supportive. After 15 years on the front lines of community health, I can tell you that people, number one, want to belong. Number two, people need support and to be accepted. And number three, people need hope. The church is primed and ready to be the place to offer these three things. Offer a place where people belong, support and accept people by the grace of God, and offer hope of Jesus Christ. 
I often hear and see the hesitation in ministry leaders. You know, we don't have the resources to be a crisis center or we aren't able to tend to everyone. And I, I see that and I hear that. But that's the beautiful thing about the church. It's not supposed to be those things. The church isn't supposed to be a crisis center and you're not able to tend to everyone's need. We often underestimate the value of being a place where people belong, being a place where people can find support and acceptance and offering hope. One of my favorite positions within my career has been as a team leader of the peer support program. And what that was really all about is about training and overseeing those with lived experience in mental health recovery, helping them grow their support skills, and then watching them and and encouraging them to come alongside of people in their journey as a peer not a clinician. And this was my favorite because people who underestimated their value or their experience suddenly found that they had incredible value and they were a key part of other people's recovery. You don't have to be a crisis worker or a psychologist to support people. You just need to be you, the peer, the supporter, the church. In my next episode, I'm going to go into more detail on where the church fits in within the scope of recovery and support, but I want to make sure that you who are listening, that you know that your lived experience is valuable. Your perspective is important in the support of those within your church and your community. Ask any parent who they went to for support when they didn't know what to do when this bundle of joy is screaming or not sleeping or not going to the bathroom. You will likely hear that other parents, despite having access to healthcare professionals, uh, pediatricians, midwives, and public health nurses, most people went to their informal supports. They went to their mom or their friends who were maybe only weeks, months, or a few years ahead of them. Informal supports and peers are an absolute integral component of recovery, and the church is a part of that. The church is ideally suited to be standing alongside of people as they overcome hardships and struggles. Care ministry isn't about being a crisis center. Care ministry isn't about making sure you meet all people. Care ministry is about those three things, helping people feel like they belong being there to support and accept people, and offering hope. People in your congregation and in your close community, they're going to experience mental health issues. They're going to struggle with grief, experience trauma or or stress. It doesn't matter really what suffering is. They're usually messy issues, and it can be uncomfortable or awkward or most likely very inconvenient to support them. But if the church is willing, now hear me out here, if the church is willing to get over itself and is willing to wade into the muck and and, and into the messy, you're going to see lives transformed. You're going to see communities change. This might be hard to hear, and I don't think this applies to all churches. But if a church shifts from kind of a country club or locker room or motivational speaker mentality, but transitions into an authentic place of belonging and hope, that is where you're going to see transformational change. When people are facing complicated issues or they feel absolutely huge, we can tend to think that we need to have huge and complex solutions, but that's just not true for most things. We really do need those simple core components of belonging, of support, of acceptance, and of hope. 
If you don't have a care ministry or don't know where to start, I really encourage you to grab that guide on three steps to building a care, sustainable care ministry. It's a 16 page downloadable guide that lays out how to build a care ministry that won't wear your team out. Because as you can hear from this podcast, I truly believe that care ministry is an absolute valuable, valuable, integral part to a church because you see individuals' lives transformed where they will freely want to share with other people of where the transformation happened and who helped them transformed. People are going to come to your church looking for authenticity, looking for belonging, looking for support, and looking for hope. And you can point them to Jesus and you and your care ministry are able to support and come along people with with confidence. Care ministry is absolutely transformational. In this podcast, I am really excited to offer you more resources, tools, strategies, continue this conversation on how to build a care ministry that is that is ready and able and effective to to care for your community. I'm excited to have guests who share their personal story of overcoming and how out of their suffering they grew and now offer us wisdom and and learn from their experience. And we're going to hear from leaders on how they remained healthy and have longevity in ministry because to be effective in caregiving, we also have to learn to care for ourselves. Well, I am so thankful for you and the incredible work that you're doing. It is powerful to hear and to see what God is doing through his church. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me in listening to episode one of the Care Ministry podcast. Why is care ministry important? Because it can transform lives and and build the kingdom of God. I encourage you to put what you have heard into action today. What are you going to do that will be intentional about building a culture of care for both yourself and for others in your church? And don't forget to grab that guide, Three Steps to Building a Care Ministry at hopemadestrong.org slash care ministry. And if you want to be notified when the next episode goes live, make sure you subscribe. Thanks for connecting. Take care.